Mutant Mania takes over America. One Piece gets some interesting episode descriptions, and the DC Universe not quite rebooted? All that, today's episode on Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online. You add like an extra syllable to that. Or two. I didn't do the ba-ba-ba. I didn't do the ba-ba-ba. It sounded like it. it you know what? Adding... One day, maybe one day you'll love my intros as much as you love Ferris Bueller. We'll find out. Uh, we're here to review a movie, uh, Mutant Mayhem, and then talk about some other stuff. Mutant Mayhem. Ah, uh, you guys ready to get into it? This is gonna jump. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce you guys. You you cut me off. You cut off my flow. I had like a whole thing. I threw off your groove. You threw off my groove. There's a thing I, I say like you say a thing, and then I say a thing, and I'm like, hey, I'm this person. You guys are like, I'm these people. So fuck it. Who are you guys? Who are you all? I am Joseph Jammer Medina. I am Dr. Kirsten Medina. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Let's talk about some, who we are. That's it. That's that's who we are. All right. <laughs> Let's show them who we are. All right. So we're here to talk about, uh, we're going to review a movie first before we jump into the thing. You know how we do it on the show. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. After years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them take on mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem has a 95% with the critics and a 94% from the oh, wow. audience on Rotten Tomatoes. We have a consensus, not just a consensus, a high one. Uh, this film is yeah. directed by Jeff Rowe and is starring an all-star cast that includes Ice Cube, Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, John Cena, Giancarlo Esposito. What? God damn, shit stacked. Who wants to go forward with their uh, non-spoiler posts? We call them posts now. Tweets are dead because... <laughs> Because X, are we abandoning Threads again? Is Threads no longer a thing? So we're we're, go, we're on X now. They're all just so they're all just posts. We can call them whatever we want. All right. Well, we're posting. Means my, nothing. My post is uh, TMNT Mutant Mayhem is a beautiful and heartfelt movie that brings almost everything that I would want out of a Ninja Turtles movie, despite being a teensy bit on the slow paced side. Okay. Doctor. Do, do, you my, do you want my rating at all? Or do you, is, I don't remember how this goes. You got to remind me. Sure. What's your, what's your letter grade? Oh, shit. I wasn't ready. I don't know why I asked. So you reminded <laughs> me of the thing and you're just like, that's too soon. Too uh, soon. Let her do her thing it's, first. Well, we'll talk about it. It's like that. calling over the waiter. It's like calling over the waiter and be like, you know what? I need a minute. Yeah, it really is. My bad. But you didn't take my order. Wait, never mind. Never mind. I'm not ready yet. I'm gonna need a second. Doctor, would you like to? Uh, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> um, Jamra took my stuff. Uh, yeah, I think it was the best TMT movie ever. Ooh. But that's really not saying much. <laughs> Coming in hot. Well, to, to be fair, uh, there's a good 2007 movie that I'm whoa, sure you whoa, haven't whoa. seen. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't even. 
I have not seen that one. I'm going to interrupt. What? Not saying. Not you're you're fired. Not welcome back. I'm sorry. I love love the '90s ones, but (laughs) but no. I thought it was a really good movie. Really heartfelt. Definitely a little bit slow paced. I definitely there was times where I just wanted stuff to happen and it was a little predictable but really beautifully done still and i was i appreciated what happened <laughs> and now, okay. now no, and what's okay, your letter you were muted sorry I, it looked like you were talking and i was couldn't see couldn't hear i anything. was like listening to her but also mouthing to myself uh, as i was like i'm okay. gonna quietly move this camera over here but now you've called attention to it so i had to move my camera Kyle called attention to it. So what's your letter grade? Camera didn't give a letter grade. I don't have to give Okay, okay. My letter grade is an A minus. Ooh. Okay. Uh B. Ooh. Okay. All right. So for me, I thought the most impressive thing about this movie was the fact that they swung for the fences. Uh, and really nailed what I thought was the essence of the turtles to me. Um, yep. And for me that like, I fell in love with the turtles, like as a kid watching the show. So not reading the comic books at the time, like it was amazing to me that they were able to just translate what I loved about that, but also be so different at the same time, because this is not unrecognizable, but very different. So I thought that was impressive. I want to kind of piggyback piggyback on that idea because literally as I was watching it, it was different from any other turtles. What? I haven't given my letter grade. Oh my God. You were just like amped up. You're right. You're right. You just, I'm great. You're leaning. You're just leaning forward. Just just ready. Let him grade. It's just Tokyo drifting all over this podcast. (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm also gonna come in with like an A minus. Um, I'm gonna give it an A minus. So Why I'm not sorry. an A? Or I a don't. Plus. I feel like I'm getting to the point where I don't like setups for sequels. Mm. Um, I think that we. And so, sorry, spoiler. Um, but I think the mid credit scene we got minus that would have been enough, right? So it's the idea that this world is going to continue and we can live in this world. And they just felt the need to like tease this thing. And I'm just like, I didn't need that. Um, Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably my biggest gripe. I I, I thought it was a very self-contained. It could have been an otherwise self-contained movie without that. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. It it was one of those things where if you had asked me, how are they going to set up the sequel? I'm like, they'll do this. And they did it exactly that way. Um, yep. You know, Shredder hanging out in Weehawken across the way. And it's uh, like, so let's let's save that for spoilers because I feel like we, we've spoiled the. It's too late. That was a but, little. That was a little bit of a spoiler. Wait, well, you spoiler, said spoiler. I assumed we were in the spoiler territory at this point. You gave your letter grades where we're ready to go. But we have to announce it. We have to give people a, a chance to get the hell out of Dodge. It's in the time. It's in the timestamps. Yeah, yeah timestamp. Yeah, producer Kyle save saving the stuff. Uh, okay, so yeah, spoiler. I 
you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, if they were going to do this thing, that is exactly how they were going to do it. And it just felt like a, like, Hey, we got to call the shredder. Like, I guess. Yeah. It's basically like the studio got a call saying, they said, we have to include the shredder at the very end. How are we going to sell these toys, baby? And like, Oh, the way we do that is through the character who I completely forgot about in the movie. That lady with the weird face and And voice and very weird accent. Yeah, all of the weird things. The milking lady. Who was that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up. You, okay, okay, so you wanted to piggyback off of the thing. You go ahead and piggyback. Yeah, I wanted to piggyback up. off of your, your. This is different from any other turtle movie that we've had in the past, but it was also a movie where, as I was watching it, I was like, "In I can't speak. I'm no, I'm no Kyle Malone here. I can't speak to you know the decades of television that occurred after the '80s cartoon because I okay. almost exclusively." lived off of the the live action movies and the 2007 movie and then even the michael bay movies um but as i was watching this one i was like this feels so natural and yet it feel like it hasn't been done yet uh which is that perfect sweet spot where it's i don't know it felt so different but very much like the turtles yeah i think for me it was the voice um so you guys know me, uh, world famous child hater. The fact that they cast kids in these roles, uh, so you don't know, Kirsten. Like I, I have a thing with children. He hates kids. Like, the, he wants he wants to drop worst. them all off cliffs. Like he wishes he it's was Rafiki. Do an assessment? He wishes he was Rafiki from The Lion King, except he'll toss children off as soon as he raises them up. That's basically what he wants. Rafiki does no raising; off. he just tosses. Yeah. Um. I think that just the introduction of them as kids just completely, at least for me, changed the dynamic of who they were and how they emoted. And when you talk about how natural it was, to me, it was almost as perfect as it could be. Just I loved hearing them as actual teenagers and it it added something. It added a layer to all of the fighting and all the freakouts and all the fights and like um, and, and I mean, when I say fights, I mean like the bickering amongst each other and the, the teasing, it added an extra layer of fun to that because they actually were that age. So it was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of voice, Maya Rudolph was that. What? The Cynthia. I thought so. That was I her? assumed. What the hell was that accent? I don't know. Weird. Know. It's funny. At the beginning, when they first saw, showed her silhouette. I was like, is anybody ignore the fact that this bitch is clearly a mutant because of her face being weird shaped? But no, it's just everyone's face is weird in this show. So in this movie. So there you go. It very much channels uh, the Henry Selleck look of stop motion. Um, Oh, except, you know, it's not stop motion. I could tell what it was, was, but I I really enjoyed the animation style. Um, All right, Kirsten, what do you think of... uh... The voice cast being kids no i really enjoyed that i i agree that i think the dynamic felt very natural and yeah it just it made me realize how much the original movies and shows they didn't act like teenagers middle-aged um, mutant ninja turtles and i was like and at the time you know, i was really young so i was probably just like this is what teenagers are like and now i'm like oh my god no <laughs> Like this is what he did. Yeah. Like, so I appreciated that. Yeah, that's that's the um, big thing. I got a like, question. Oh yeah, I never realized how much 
they didn't act like teenagers until I saw the first trailer for this movie. <laughs> like it didn't even dawn yeah. on me. Have, have any of you guys seen the uh, watched the 2012 series CGI one from which one is Nickelodeon? The... I think 2012. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Because I the like Jammer said super geek of of turtles. I mean I got a Ninja Turtles tattoo. Uh, that has been my my absolute favorite version. Number one, bar none. It took everything that made the uh, comics, the movies, and that original cartoon, like the threads that connected those, even though they were all kind of separate, it brought it all together. It's like the definitive version of of the the turtles they get. A lot of the teenage stuff uh, correct. Uh, Greg Sipes as Michelangelo is freaking amazing. Uh, they get all the interpersonal stuff with the with the brothers a hundred percent spot on. The stuff with with uh, Splinter is great. Uh, I, I I believe it's available on on Paramount uh, and I think Netflix. I saw it last night. Uh, so I highly suggest anyone that's uh, definitely if you enjoyed this and you haven't seen that, check check that one out. Did you see it, Kyle? So not not yet. Um. <laughs> We're, we're still dealing with stuff here at home, but we, we want to. Yeah. So I've seen both. Um, and I think that Michelangelo is probably the standout in that show as a teenager. Like, I think they did a good job of like him as a teenager. Everyone else still seems slightly older. Like these Donnie? kids feel like they are really? 15. Mm, no. Uh, like, Donnie comes watch off real the, immature. What, he, watch this and you'll be like, no, no, no. That's a 15 okay. year old. Um, <laughs> I could see some of that. Sure. I think it was just, there was something about it, but I, I think in terms of the lore, I think it is harder to compete with a television show. So like 2012 really dug into the lore and did a good job of like setting up these characters. You do, you see a lot more of like who the shredder is and all this other stuff and who splinter is as a, as a character. And, and April is probably as close to she is in this movie. Um, because she's a kid, she's about their age, um, so or supposed to be. So it's a little, it's different in that regard. And yeah, we got Karai. I, I like both. We we keep ignoring yeah. Karai, and we got Karai, which is which was great. Um. So yeah, I. Other thing I was going to ask you guys, I forgot what it was. Um. What's another standout feature of this movie to you, or something you didn't like? I'll talk about something I didn't care for where I feel like for the first third of the movie, as I was going through, as we were watching it, every single scene that was had to do with the bad guys, I was like, ah, I don't want you. Just let me get back to the turtles. I want the turtle. Give me the turtles. And then there was a point where the spoiler, I guess, kind of where the turtles finally we're kind of spoilers. Okay. When the toilet tur- turtles finally meet the bad guys then it becomes interesting and then everything was entertaining all the way through but that first third especially that intro for me i'm like i don't give me the turtles i came here for them where are they i, mean, I was just so, impatient little bitch it's okay but that's how I was to feeling. be fair we didn't know like they did so much um we didn't know anything about superfly up until that the point where they did meet them right like he was kind of a mystery cloaked in mystery and all this. Yeah, story. but all of the scenes having to, all all the scenes having to do with him before they met him, I was bored. Or uh, with right. his scheme with the bad stuff. I was kind of I, like, just, eh. 
I, I give you the I think kids in stuff. general, the pacing at the beginning was not great. I think the script was kind of stilted with a lot of the like exposition. And yeah. I, the backstory, I was just <laughs> like, was was this backstory necessary? Like, I guess, yes. but. Well, she, yeah, she did cut. a good point. She compared this. She's like, it's like Spider-Man. We've seen this backstory so many times. It's not different enough to where you need to re-explain it. The only difference was fly being there. Like, I think that was why they showed the backstory was because the fly. So I, I'll say this. One of the big differences to me was splinter. Um, I think that his story diverged Mm. enough from what we've typically seen that that explainer where he's like, I'm going to tell you guys the long version again. And it's, it's really funny. Like, I you might not have liked the exposition. I like the way they set it up, right? He's like, "You guys upset me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this." I story did feel again. like at least they were, it was on the nose in terms of like we know what we're about to do. Yeah, yeah, um, and like seeing the thing that I liked about that story being slightly different is up until this point, um, Splinter has been a like a martial arts master, right? Like a very like no kidding ninja very serious style this is like watching 80s and 90s videos and learning self-defense and so to me that put a different spin on mm-hmm. how they were as characters and how they fought so when they go into that warehouse or uh the chop shop chop to shop, fight the yeah. first time you're kind of like i don't know how this is going to go and it all goes like horribly at first and then but you understand why like they're not prepared for this they don't really know how to fight they they aren't like classically trained martial artists so for me i looked at that scene that they showed and how they trained together and then watched that i was like okay i'm enjoying this more and and it made me um have a little bit more fun with it than i think i otherwise would have yeah that's that's good that's good good point um one thing I, I wish that was, I don't know why I wanted this, but when they were showing the montage of all the videos that they were using to train, I was really hoping that Star Wars kid from YouTube was going to pop in there as something. I don't know why, but I was very disappointed when he didn't. Like the whole time I was like, they better just have like a quick shot of Star Wars kid. Just a quick shot of Star Wars kid, please. No, there wasn't. That's great. So disappointed. Oh, Missed opportunity. Here's the, other, here's the other thing I'll say about that backstory. Up until this point, shredder and um splinters backstories were always merged they were always very closely linked and in this there's like as far as we know nothing right what we could find out in the sequel but it seemed like they did a good job of like no no no, it's just this so that was fun for me um i like where we ended up in this movie i was, it was i was not expecting them they went all out at the ending i'm like oh they 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 maskless actual teenage high school ninja turtles. Yeah. yeah, I it again to me that relates to the idea of like really reimagining and kind of swinging for the fences. Like when Michelangelo's mask falls down through the sewer and, and like um, Splinter catches like I was actually kind going? of sad. Yeah, yeah, I I really like that. They're they're moving on. They're growing up. Um, and also they did a good job, at least from not a good job, an interesting job of setting up different relationships between some of these characters like Bebop and Rocksteady, traditionally villains. And while they started out that way, they're like fighting downstairs like bigger brothers in the sewer. And so it's like 
that adds an interesting dynamic to what the relationship currently is. And what, if anything, are they going to do with that in the future? Are they going to become I, who we think they are? I hope not. I, I was telling Kirsten I I, the not. whole time. I kept waiting for the heel turn with those two. I kept waiting and then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I loved the end with the, the the bad guys kind of coming together and turning and the humans coming in. I loved it. That was one part of the movie that I was just like, I think was done perfectly. Yeah. It, I was telling you, it's like the amazing Spider-Man moment. Yes. When all the cranes turn in and stuff. Like, we got to help Spider-Man. I can't do a New York accent, Listen, but. No, you saying. cannot. <laughs> Every Spider-Man movie, there's that moment, right? Where New York like becomes a character and they're like, oh, we have to help out the heroes. And that's what this was, right? So like Tobey Maguire saves them. And then they like start trying to fight Doc Ock. Remember, it's like, you're not going to survive that fight. Um, but yeah, New York specifically just becomes a character to help out whatever hero. Um, and so it's fun. It's the best um, thematically sound character driven TMNT movie easily having to do with like, um, you know, trusting people and, and you know, like they did a really good job of building up their desire to go to the outside world without them having to constantly repeat it it was a lot of longing looks out there and they're really building up like a mix of you know little mermaid mixed in with uh what's it called uh part of your uh ma gothel or whatever from rapunzel he's a little bit mm-hmm. of like stri- splinters a little bit of um that like stay out there they hate you i guess he's also frollo in that regard he has his little yeah, i song. love that moment when he realized he was the bad guy Superfly. he was like yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but I loved it the way that they did it too, right? He's like, I'm just like you, but the difference is I'm not a, as much a punk about it. Like it's very on the nose, but yeah. the comedy, the the comedic element of that worked for me. I really liked Ice Cube as this character. Yo, he, he was, was great. I, I was like, someday Ice Cube is not gonna play an angry guy. Someday, but it is not this day. It's not this which day. is so funny how to me because when I think of Ice Cube, I think of Friday. He's not angry in that movie like he's not i don't know when his angry persona came out when did it happen uh what's the movie where he's gonna is it paul rudd where he's a teacher who's the teacher that he's gonna beat up a teacher he's gonna that's beat definitely up. one of them yeah there's like a school fight right and it's between the two teachers i can't think school of the name fight of it. between the, oh yeah i think it's school fight i don't know whatever i think it might be actually something like i can't i can't think of who the other i know i know is. like 21 jump street is one of them but definitely one of them. Yeah, I don't know. But at this point, he's just like always angry. He's I like oh, speaking of I which, laughed. Yeah. All the movie references I love because it just shows how much they just purely live off of movies because <laughs> they have nothing else to do. So everything. So I have a question reference. about that. So here's a question. So there were some of the jokes. I felt like it was a 40 something year old writing some of these jokes. Cause there's a line where he says something like you're a mix between Hey Arnold and Stewie, which I immediately thought like, no, 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 that's a joke that I would tell not a 15 year old. I a think you has no idea who Hey Arnold is. I think you and can so get I away could... with it because and so... literally they live off television. Right. That's going to be television my question. That like... their dad finds. <laughs> right. So it's like they're talking about Ferris Bueller. It's Hey Arnold. And I'm like, kids aren't watching that stuff. I don't know. 
but they I are they they is, literally have no social lives yeah like literally yeah. and also the ferris bueller they just saw it we saw them see it so no no no. but they knew well i got you the don't impression know that they maybe knew. they didn't i it mean granted like they, they, they knew beforehand. they decided to walk yeah. out you know i guess before the the movie was done so maybe they have seen it already so may, maybe yeah. i don't know who knows um like oh, Tokyo drifting all over. I thought that was great too. Yeah, and uh, I, I just when I, I really like the action lines. scenes. I like the action scenes um because they were they were a lot clumsier, but they were also very character driven. Um more than any other one that I've seen to date, I think, any other TMNT movie where it felt Brad Bird-ish, I will say, where it's like every single thing that a character does feels like it's steeped in who they are as characters yeah. and really helps in that development as well. The um the no diggity montage was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, like where you get to see that them was fight, like go through so the hideouts. Good. The like yeah, needle drop was... and just the flashes to each scene. So good. Yeah, it was yeah. probably one of the highlights of the movie. Hi, Joe Ben. No. I think he heard you. Nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you know what's this is a fun movie, but I don't think it's as fun as Twisted Metal. <laughs> He's not gonna say anything. You're not gonna say anything now. What? It, it's it's fun. I've already I've already said it's it's fun. I even does anybody get milked? <sighs> mm. <laughs> that recurring joke. I, even I, talk so, about I, still, the I think I still have. I think uh, that might six episodes or four four episodes left. So not not yet. <laughs> But some Not really, yet. some really yeah, I love funny the milking. happens. The milking was that kept so coming great. back, and it came so back great. hard. It was weird. Didn't Wait, expect so it to story. come back like that. Oh yeah, and it was just like, no, no, this is definitely what happened. I th- had this moment, so I saw this with my kids, and I could hear. So my son was sitting on the other side of my wife and daughter, so he's the farthest away from me, and he's like, "What is?" What is milk? They keep saying this. So I don't understand. My daughter, so he's eight, she's seven. She's like, you know how like how babies get their their food, their milk. And he goes, I want to be milked. And I was like, <laughs> oh God. I love children. Like, what? Oh, and then my daughter's like, what? You don't even have any nipples. And I was like, okay, let's finish out this video. Uh, it get... seems like you need to teach biology a little bit better there. I'm not touching that one. I'm just, just going to leave it alone. I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I The last thing I'll say about this movie is if you're going to take a thing from my childhood and update it, this is what I wanted. So, like, my kind of meh about the Super Mario movie, this is a complete 180. So everything that I that this movie did in taking those characters and updating it and making it like a, a modern thing is what I wanted Super Mario to do with the characters. And it's funny because Seth Rogen's in both of them. Um, it's because uh, Seth Rogen knows how to do – he knows characters, and it wasn't just about the world. It was about sure the character arcs. Mario's fucking just fun world, and that's it. Is it? I don't even yeah. think it was a fun world. But yeah, th- sure. those, I mean, that's my final thought. Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. It's todo. That's it. It's todo. All right. Get some news. Would you? Do you want me to do the news? Or some you? News. No, I got some news. I'll do the first one. And 
I think this is also relevant to you, Jonesy, because you have read this portion of the manga. And Kirsten, you've watched most of this part of the anime, so you both can speak intelligently upon what we're discussing next, which is One Piece. One Piece has had its uh, episode descriptions get dropped, and it kind of it kind of shows some foreboding or from some changes from the source material in a good way, I think. But I'm curious to get your thoughts. You know, it's funny um, as you gave that intro, neither of us looked excited about what you were saying. I know. What's wrong you're with like, you two? You're like, you've read it, you've seen it, and both of us are like, what the fuck ever? I am being <laughs> held against my will. I expected that from Kirsten Jonesy. I didn't expect that from you. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed. You're disappointed or surprised that Netflix is developing a live action anime that is beloved and having had one already butchered that I'm just can't be bothered with this one. Okay, whatever. So here we go. Like, I really don't. I don't. They didn't butcher it. It's like whatever. This is. I mean, they did, but I don't care. Like, Thank I can you. Just ignore I, it. Whoo, that my was point is, I could, My point is, I could just ignore it. This, I could also just ignore if it sucks. I, I, you lose nothing if you try, and it sucks. You lose nothing. To be fair, you also ignore the fact that the show almost kind of sucks. The show does suck. No, it's true. So there you and go. Yet you still watch it. <laughs> Yeah, because I read the manga and I'm like, I get to imagine things. I wish that they would take more liberties. So that's one of the reasons why I'm happy about this is my big beef with manga to anime adaptations is that they are almost a lot of times, especially in shonen, scene for scene. Shot for shot a lot of times. Maybe they're reversed because who knows why, but... It's basically beat for beat. And I'm like, why bother adapting if you're just going to do the same thing? Especially so with the dialogue I, of like, it doesn't. That's one of it my doesn't carry main over issues. From medium it to doesn't medium. carry on. You can get you can get away with specific things in um, comics or manga where it's like you have a character explaining something because it's harder to visually convey that. But in an anime, you don't need to do that. And so there you go. That's enough of that. Let's go ahead and talk about the eight episode synopses for One Piece. So first episode, Romance Dawn, Monkey D. Luffy, an optimistic young pirate with dreams of finding the One Piece sets off in search of the loyal crew he needs to navigate the vast oceans. His journey begins when he helps Kobe, a deckhand forced into servitude, escape an, unde ugh, an undesirable situation. While in Shellstown, Luffy meets Rono Azoro, a famed pirate, hunter, and Nami, a master thief, and... The three form a tenuous alliance. Jonesy, look less interested, please. Man, that wasn't even on purpose. I was okay. <laughs> it was just that the timing was was perfect. Apparently, it was. Um, please. Any continue. thoughts on that synopsis? I mean, so far I oh, will say on this one. on this one so far, uh, the characters meeting all at once in Shellstown that is different. Usually, it it took she uh, what's her name doesn't show up until the buggy arc. So her Nami. meeting in Shellstown, yeah, Nami doesn't meet until the buggy arc. This is the Captain Morgan arc. So already the meeting together at the same time. And it's a lot to happen in a single episode. It's generally uh, the equivalent of, in the anime at least, like five episodes, give or take. Which means that it might actually be a well-paced episode. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So much hate. Episode two, The Man in the Straw Hat. Luffy, Zoro, and Nami find themselves in prison on an island overtaken by the deranged clown pirate Buggy. Kobe joins the Marines and proves his mettle. So this is sort of a big departure here in that. So 
we don't really see much of Kobe in the manga for about 400 some odd chapters, with the exception of the cover story pages, which are on the title page of each um, of some uh, chapters. There's just like a single page where it's like this happens to a character and you follow them for like, I don't know, 20 or 30 chapters, just like 20 or 30 pages kind of outlining what happens. You don't really see a lot from Kobe apart from that. And then you see him 400 some odd chapters later. He's in the Marines and stuff happens. It looks like here we actually might be simultaneously following his journey with Garp, uh, which is a character you'll introduce in episode three here and what happens there. Um, so episode three, Tell No Tales, Luffy, Zoro, and Nami land in Syrup Village where they meet Usopp, a local who introduced the group to Kaya, a sickly shipyard heiress under the care of a trio of overbearing house staff. With And then with the help of Kobe, Vice Admiral Garp, a powerful Marine, sets off in search of Luffy. Another big discrepancy there because we don't see Garp until the time when we see Kobe again, which is hundreds and hundreds of chapters later. And... I love this discrepancy, not a choice. <laughs> well, it's a choice. It's obviously a choice. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think it's interesting. The choice not to wait a hundred episodes for something to happen. So so far, what are your thoughts, Jonesy? So it's weird. You asked me to reread these. I started. I think I read the first three chapters again, and I got busy again. And I, I still don't remember any of this. I'm I'm wondering if just One Piece is not for me. Like there's just nothing. Interesting. It just doesn't. You're not allowed to say that. Trust you're me. You're not allowed to say that. You have. You, we need to get deeper. There's nothing wrong with it, right? It's not but here, poorly drawn well, or poorly written. They're, what? Well, I'm just saying this is, a sh- and I hate to say this, this is a show or series where the quote-unquote three-episode rule need not apply. This is, it really does build on itself in a way to where it just snowballs in a good way. <laughs> So let me ask you this then. So we are what a thousand chapters into the manga or yeah. a little bit more. Okay. How long is Netflix famously bored or tight with money? How long are they in this for? Probably 10 to 11 seasons. If you they want to so? tell the whole story. If they want to tell the whole yeah. story, yeah. Yeah, but what Nef- what is Netflix actually going to do? Oh, don't worry about that. That's that's a problem for next year or the year after or the year after or the year after. Yeah, I was going to say more like year three or four if they get that far. Yeah. Right. Because they've got to renegotiate with these folks and well, they have they they can't they can't assume they're going to get canceled on season three. So they're just going to have to play it like, you know, an arc, a season or a saga, a season. No, sure. I'm not talking about this from the perspective the perspective of the producers or creators. I mean, like you, like as a fan, I'm just, I'm just curious, right? Like, you know, this story is incredibly long and it's just, you're going like, if it was it, Amazon, it's, it's knowing not, you're never going to finish it. It's not that much longer than like a, I think it's probably the equivalent of like a six book series. Joe, but the jammer, the point is as someone who has not read the manga, and does not like the animated show. Like going into this, I'm pretty much knowing I'm never going to get to the end. I'm never going to get to see the end of One Piece because Netflix is never going to get there. All right. It kind of sucks. Fair enough. <laughs> As someone uh, who, who watched a lot of Joss Whedon shows, I never got to see the end of. I mean, you're oh. used to it. You're used to it. I'm not used to it. Most everything that I watch gets finished. So 
That's it. Um, okay. <laughs> so you're you're not you're not excited at all, Jonesy, for anything One Piece. You're not excited no. to reread One Piece. Yes. I, I you know what it really is? I just want to understand like the way that you and Brian are like into this. I'm like, what is it? Like, I told you, you need because literally you got to the part where it's like, so you got about 130 chapters in, you got to this part where that starts building and then you just stopped. You sound like all of those fans of those book series where it's like, oh, you just oh have God. to get to the fourth or fifth book. And once you're at the fifth book, it's the best ever. Yeah. It's like, you're right. why should 100%. I have to read five books? Oh, I'm not saying, I'm not part. saying it's a strength. I'm just saying it's true. This is this is the exact same same conversation I've had with so many people about beer. Oh, you just you got to keep drinking it. You'll eventually like it. You got to you got to drink more, no. and, and then you'll you'll like that's you got to you got to have more one piece. Thing. And, and if you live in Colorado and you don't like, like beer, you're done. I've yeah. I've had I, beers from like all beer. over the world. I've had uh, beers. <laughs> don't from even all don't, over the don't even tell me. Like, oh, I, I have lager like in Germany. Shut up, lager in Germany. No, so I mean. To some extent, I agree with Kyle about beer. Um, I just had to find the beer that I actually liked. Um, and I was like, oh, I really like IPAs. Prior to that, I was yeah. like, I'm not a beer person. But once I found like an IPA I liked, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is this me. is what people talking I, about. This yeah, is you what don't people want... are talking about. Yeah. So no, what, which is the I, what's the IPA chapter? The IPA one? chapter. So alabasta is the ipa is the start of so i'll the tell IPA. you what i will tell you this here's here's what we're gonna do here's what i'll do okay. you tell me what chapter is the like the the one chapter the ipa what's the third there's episode no, no... the ipa chapter what's the one where i'm gonna be like oh i got it okay i'll think like, right now the second let me hold on. I gotta look this up. You guys go ahead and talk amongst yourselves while I look up what chapter specific. You're reading the synopses, so we're, we're not oh. gonna keep going, right? We're not gonna keep reading. The, like, no, we're not gonna keep reading the synopses because clearly okay. we've 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 diverted from that. But I'm <laughs> talking about. I'm not. Well, y'all kept interrupting, talking about how much you, you hate were, One Piece and this shit. No, and I had we, to defend. We I had to defend my boy. We weren't I was you noting would... that this show actually, I'm excited because it seems like the pacing is way better. Yeah, agreed. What I love, agreed, and is the uh, the apparent Stockholm syndrome because Jammer's like, yeah, they meet this. Uh, uh, she's like Nami. I was like, <laughs> help. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Should boy. Okay. Sorry. Why you're? Hold why you're on. Doing am that? I? Am I? Am I? Gonna, okay. Good. Sure. Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, all no, right. no. Do you? So do you think? All right, we've got some news about the the what are we calling this James Gunn universe? The DGU. DC, the, the DCGU, the DCU, DC, the DC universe DCU. is what was it? James what James Gunn calls it. Okay, I'm going to call it the DCGU. I agree. Yeah. What's G? Right. So what's, what's that? Gun. Oh, the gun universe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm multitasking here, and I don't do I'm that sorry. well. That's right. Yeah, I was like, you are not multitasking. You're just not listening. So. After the giant turd of the Flash, uh, we've got some news coming out of the DCEU or the DCU. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we've got Gal Gadot, who has a quote. She was, where was she? She was doing she was doing an interview, presumably, about a thing. Anyway, she says, I love portraying Wonder Woman, Gadot says. It's so close to and dear to my heart. 
from what I heard from James Gunn and from Peter is that we're going to develop a Wonder Woman together. So after reading that out loud myself, I kind of understand a little bit more. What she said is that she heard it from James and Peter, which I guess is slightly better than what it was before. Anyway, in other news, Gal Gadot uh, has also been sniped. We don't know by who, but she's gone. She was taken out by a hitman. The DCU hit people for talking too much. That sounds like something that no one should have said. She shouldn't have said that. It sounds like the fact like, oh, yeah, I yeah, heard I from imagine. James that we're going to be doing that. Uh, yeah. Um. So one, one more thing. Um. Godot said in the casting. For, oh, this is about Superman legacy. Nobody cares. Anyway. So, yeah, that's the quote about uh, Wonder Woman 3. Um, given what we saw from 1984 and that pres- I'm assuming that Jenkins is not coming back to do this film that they may or may not be developing with Peter and James. Um, how do you guys feel about this film? Because it, apparently it's not a reboot, right? Or is it? That's the confusing part, isn't it? Um, just because I remember James Gunn in his little uh, description of what the DC universe is going to be having. He says specifically a couple things where he says the flash will reset the DCU. And I'm like, okay, I saw the flash. Didn't really reset the DCU at all. George Clooney. I guess, but didn't really just reset it in a way that makes sense or in a way that I feel like contributes to an actual story. So it's very fair, unhelpful. It's probably similar to Star Trek and like the Kelvin timeline movies resetting, which was really just like, there's just multiple timelines now. <laughs> Don't worry. I about guess, it. I guess in that way it, it did. Um, and then yeah, blue beetle. I think he mentioned that blue beetle is going to be like the first superhero in the DC universe. But Blue Beetle is tracking to do poorly, so I wouldn't be surprised. Is it? Like, yeah, never mind. Never mind. I think it's tracking to do like thirty million or something in its opening weekend. Um, but so I'm trying to think here. What was my point here? My point was, what was my point? Sequel reboot. What are we doing here? Yeah, my point is, I don't know what to expect. And then they fired Henry Cavill. But then, oh, also, we're going to be bringing like Peacemaker is still going to be a part of this. Amanda Waller is still going to be in this. Uh, we're going to rehire. Uh, what's his name? Nathan Fillion as a different character, even though he was already in the DC universe. Oh, and also we might bring back Gal Gadot. I'm like, what is this? What is happening? We're having a new super. I don't. What is going on? James Gunn. Like that's the question for DC for the last like decade. I guess, but I feel like you could even watch it and be like, oh, I know how it connects as a universe. Now, I don't. It just feels okay. like they're taking what's working and they're like, well, let's grab the things that worked and hope that we can go from there. But I feel like part of the problem is that it feels like as it goes on, it's like, oh, it's not going to matter anymore. And now it's just like, oh, wait, some of it is going to kind of matter. But it also kind of cheapens it in a way. So I don't I don't know. By the way, just as a follow up, it's it's uh, Blue Beetle is tracking to make 12 to 17 million in the opening weekend yeah. under a 60 million dollar domestic run total. That's not good. No, it's not. That. I do, too. And it's not like uh, Aquaman's going to do do much better, I bet. I It might be the best out of out of the movies this year. Because of Momoa, but I I don't see it doing so hot. 
Well, I'm kind of worried about with Aquaman, the reshoots, right? So we even talked about this on the show, but I don't know if you all have seen the news that there have just been reshoots and research and reshoots with that film. Um, and I saw some quotes somewhere where bit, like James Gunn is just trying to make it work, but is struggling. So. Mm, yeah. Did anybody yeah. hear that? I mean, I don't, I heard it, but I don't know if, I don't remember where I heard it from, so I can't speak to its validity. So this is from Superhero Hollywood. Hollywood Reporter's article states that Aquaman's sequel is coming off its third round of reshoots, which were approved by Gunn after the director and co-CEO weighed on the most weighed in on the most recent cut. That's that doesn't strike me as being good. <laughs> right. I just have no faith in the DCU at this point. I love Wonder Woman and I love Gal Gadot and I kind of want to see her again. But I don't think I've been excited for a DCU movie in like years. When was the last one you were excited for? I don't even know. I can't think of any. Um, I think Wonder Woman (laughs) 2. I was excited for the Ooh. Snyder cut. Yeah. So I was going to say those, those probably two. So 84 and uh, the Snyder cut. Oh, and the, the Suicide Squad, I was kind of excited for. I oh, yeah. ended up loving that. I was not excited for it because I had absolutely yes. no faith because Suicide yes. Squad is a movie that made me so angry. <laughs> yeah. And Peacemaker, Why? I was not excited for either. But then the original. So really, what we're saying is we like James Gunn stuff. I feel like that's what we're saying here. I liked Harley Quinn. Yes. Okay. Birds of Prey. It's all right. It was all right. It's not bad. It's not bad. The I mean, best scene had... ever in a they've superhero some... movie is in Birds of Prey when I don't remember who does who, but they throw the hair tie and have put her hair, t- her hair up mid fight. Best scene. As a woman with long hair, I was like, that is so realist. Makes sense to me. Anyways. Um, Jonesy so, can relate. I can't. So, Kirsten, on the sequel, reboot, whatever, does it matter to you? Like, do you care? Do you have a preference for what do you want it to be? As long as it's done well, no. Like, okay. I... Like I said, I am not, I haven't really been excited, so I have no faith in it. So I don't have like a a vision of what I want from it. It's just like, it'd be really cool to have another movie of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. That's good. Okay. Um, I think for my part, I think it'll be fun if they find a way to tie it into Superman Legacy. Only because I I really like the Superman-Wonder Woman dynamic. And so it'd be fun just to see what they're like. Um, I I know a lot of people have problems with her as Wonder Woman. I like her portrayal of Wonder Woman. So it'd be fun. I mean, I guess, you know, one potential difference you have with Wonder Woman is she's kind of ageless. So you almost don't need to recast her because she is the same, presumably, throughout the entire, most of the timeline of like the DC Universe stuff, no matter which timeline. Yeah. I, I guess I just justified it. Well, there you go. That that's that just happened. I kind of convinced yeah. myself on that one. Okay, you know what, guys? I'm open. I am open to this. Sorry, I got to back up. Yeah. I'm open to this. Yeah. 
no. I, I, I just think at the end of the day, what I think Kirsten said it correctly. I think that what the flash means is that we just have the opportunity to break into a different timeline. Wonder Woman 3 will probably be its own separate film that rounds out the trilogy uh, and pays off the Linda Carter stuff that we saw at the end of the other one. And so there's no need to tie it into that. Um, By the way, Kirsten hasn't seen The Flash yet. She didn't go with me. I didn't I didn't drag her to it. Don't effing worry about it. You're good. You're better for it. No, I'll make her watch it. No. Because I want to watch it again. Fight. Call the police. All right. What else? Anything else? Did you find a thing you were looking for? You were supposed oh, yeah. to be looking up. So something. if you if you haven't liked the sh- the, sh- the series by chapter two seventeen, then I would be surprised. That's but not I will say, yeah. But there's a whole there's a whole saga that you didn't get to. Um. But I will say the best manga chapter, the best saga ends in chapter 374 so what you're really saying is 374 you're not saying 217 well i'm saying most people are 217 like i was already in at that just point just read but, 400 chapters and get back to but it. yeah you're hedging your bets yeah i am 374 <laughs> is like peak In my opinion, it never got better after that. I was just about to ask you, so what you're telling me is you've read almost 600 chapters and still thinking about... Yes. It's like a perfect storm of conflict in that saga. That's not good. No, okay. it's great. It's good. There's, a lot, there's good stuff after that, but I'm saying that was the best. Okay. All right, sure. Whatever. All right. Anything else? You guys get anything else? Would you like to discuss no. anything else? We good? No. We good? Shut We're it down. Should we shut, shut it down? down? All right. Shut it down. All right. So, dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials. Also, jump on Discord. Let us know what you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let, let us know what you think is going on with the DCU. And, you know, how much of One Piece have you read? And how far should I get into One Piece before I can stop? Before Jamie will fucking stop staring at me like that. Anyway folks as always thanks for listening we will catch you on the next one hasta lasagna don't be getting any on you